last night. Look, look at this. Nothing has done that to you. You've done it to yourself. Why do you have to deny everything because I say? Because I do not value your judgment. We need to be working together, man. to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at NomcastPod, or you can follow me at JokesOnDrew on Twitter and Instagram. This week, we go deep into the dark forest of Sweden to review last year's horror thriller, The Ritual. Based on the novel by Adam Neville, the film sets four college friends out to hike through the Scandinavian wilderness. An ill-advised shortcut through the forest brings them face-to-face with an ancient evil that stalks them at every turn. <laughs> the movie stars Rafe Spall as the tortured lead Luke. You may have seen Spall in blockbusters such as Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom or Prometheus. Or maybe you caught him in the Edgar Wright Simon Pegg trilogy of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. The film is directed by David Bruckner, whose short pieces in horror movies like VHS or The Signal landed him this Netflix original, as well as some TV work on the reboot of Creepshow. To break this one down, I brought on one of the best podcasters in Connecticut, John Amenta, who co-hosts the Pint of Comics podcast and radio show, as well as the Pint Movie Invitational series, of which I am the voice of, and a past guest. I highly recommend it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Give it a listen. All right, so we've been talking about doing this for a while. And when I asked, like, oh, you know, what kind of movies would you want to do? What type of, you know, stuff you're into? And and this movie kept coming up. The ritual kept coming up as your choice. Uh, And I found that interesting um because you know obviously uh what i know of you is more of a you know a pop culture guy a sci-fi a comic book movie uh, those type of stream and the horror element didn't really come up although we did just go to the connecticut cult classics uh horror double dip so obviously you're into it yeah oh yeah I, i i love horror i love all movies i'm a movie guy yeah and i think part of the thing was was this is the show about Netflix original movies. Right. Right? Yeah. And I honestly haven't seen a lot. Right. And out of the few that I have seen, the one that really I felt impressed me and I would want to talk about was The Ritual. Interesting. I, I, I really dug it. And um, Well, what brought you to this movie? Like, I know there's a book out there. I don't know if you read the book. Yeah, no. Um, it was it was the, the little ad on the top of the netflix banner okay so, so they got you yeah and the it was like a year ago got you. yeah it was like a year ago I, <laughs> yeah i was home it was like a friday night i remember i had picked up a couple beers which i don't always you know usually if i'm home alone but i was in the mood to have a couple beers sure yeah picked up a six pack or whatever 
came home and I sat down and I had Netflix on and I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch something tonight. And this banner came up and it was, I think it was right after, like it was around February of last year. It was right after the Super yes. Bowl mm-hmm. and right after they had tricked me with that Cloverfield paradox, <laughs> yeah. which was like getting stabbed in the, in the rectum repeatedly. Right. <laughs> it was a fucking awful movie. Yeah. And maybe I had seen the trailer with that. Maybe it, okay. like, it popped up in like, if you like this, you like this. Right. So I came home, I turned Netflix on, and it was one of the first things that popped up on the banner. And I watched the trailer and, you know, got the idea of what the movie was about and went, okay, I'll watch it. And the other thing I do a lot, because I'm old and I fall asleep very <laughs> easily, particularly when I'm drinking, sure. is I'll look at how long the movie is. Right. And oh, I think yeah. it's an hour 41, maybe. Yeah, you're I'm like, like, oh, I can knock perfect. this out. I can yeah. knock this out, you know? <laughs> so that was it. And I loved it. Right. I absolutely loved it. So now... The appeal for this movie, uh, you know, going into it, like I said, I, there is a book. I haven't read it. Yeah. I, I actually saw this movie after seeing something like Apostle, say, which came out back in October. Okay, yep. And I watched this afterwards, and I can I can see kind of the the comparisons between the two. I've seen some, some reviews that straight out make comparisons to like a Blair Witch Project. Or, There's elements. or obviously uh, the apostle or witch, the witch, the witch, yeah. uh, you know, because obviously you're dealing in what they perceived as witchcraft. And then, you know, obviously it, we spoil the crap out of things. So yeah, that, no, I'm I, fine I, with I'm, that. It ain't witchcraft. Yeah, right. You're, you're dealing with I, I found it funny that it's like, OK, so this is a movie about Norse gods and it's produced by Andy Serkis. Is this in the MCU somehow? Yeah, like, yeah. How, where is this going? I, I don't think I noticed that or read that the last time and again that was a year ago right so i rewatched it yesterday right you know for the show and um and i saw the andy circus thing yeah and i went wow andy circus was involved in this and you know and again it's, it's a movie with no star power in it no you know the the main although i do like rafe spall i do too uh, now I would assume for the same reasons because you seem like a guy who would be into Edgar Wright or the uh, Simon Pegg movies. I, you know, I know him from those movies. When I kind of looked him up, I remembered he was in those. Right. What I remember him mostly in is he's the um, the shitty like alien zoologist in Prometheus. Uh, yes, that, he is. Yep. That like um, doesn't realize that he shouldn't like pet the space cobra. <laughs> yeah. And you know, again, uh, Prometheus. I've I've always said it is like the the best looking shitty movie ever made. Yeah. And I, and really I actually can watch it yeah. because yeah. it looks great. It's got, you know, Idris Elbra, Char- Charlize Theron. Oh, it's and, and it's cast. got, it's got yeah. good cast in it. Yeah. But he's, he, that scene always makes me laugh. Yeah. And that's kind of what I knew him from particularly. And then I realized he played one of the detectives in, in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And he was in, I think, End of the, or the World's End as well. Um, and I like him. And he's in Shaun of the Dead too. The thing about him is if you've seen him Ironically, the, those movies actually kind of chart him uh, as he's looked and changed over the years because he was way more heavy set. If you see him in Shaun of the Dead, he's actually one of the workers who busts Simon Pegg's balls in that movie. Oh, okay. And and you wouldn't recognize him even just moving to from that to Hot Fuzz. It's a sea change. It's a massive sea change in how he looks. He's much thinner. He's got you know he growing out facial hair he's starting to evolve he it's weird it's literally linear if you i saw like a reddit post that tracked like four or five movies of his and he doesn't look the same in any of them rave spall the human chameleon he is yeah he was also in the uh really shitty um last jurassic park movie he was yeah, like the he was bad lawyer Kingdom, guy yeah. right he was like the 
the evil lawyer guy. I think I that was those goddamn movies. Yeah, that. Well, I don't hate those movies. I hated that movie, but um, he was in that as well. Well, no, I mean like Jurassic World. Versus, I like the first like, one. Yeah, I honestly liked the first one. I had fun with it. Yeah. The second one, the first half was okay. Right. The second half was I like I would have rather done the anything. I would have rather done anything that day. Yeah. <laughs> But so I I even enjoyed him in the Big Short. I don't know if you saw I the haven't Big seen Short that, as well. No. Uh, he was good in that in that cast as well. The interesting thing that I saw in my research though is he's the son of Timothy Spall, uh, who if you're into Harry Potter at all, yep. he is uh, Peter Pe- Pettigrew. Uh, oh, kind of kind of heavy set short guy. Yeah, he kind of like evolves into his rat yeah. looking character. Okay, that's his dad. Oh wow, I didn't know yeah. that. All right. He was also Winston Churchill in the King's Speech, if you ever seen the King's Speech as I well. have not seen the King's Speech, but he was also uh in, in one of like the rock movies, he was like the manager. He's one of those guys who's like I think, you know, we have our character actors and Oh and yeah, he's he, revered. He's in, in a ton of stuff. Yeah. There was some rock like biopic or rock movie where he was the manager of the band as well. I okay. I, I can't think of it right now, but Yeah. No, I I I, I like both of them very much and i think rave spall needs something to kind of make him pop from being this kind of character i hope this movie actually helps him because this movie he's he's great as kind of the lead or at least the story focus he's the lead even though it's an ensemble yeah uh you also have robert james collier who plays hutch he was in downton abbey uh so maybe he's more the recognizable guy depending on who you talk to i don't know him i just know that uh, as i watched him he looked like um to me christian bale he's got a very christian bale <laughs> he's got a little bit of that. you know christian bale could look like a million different things yeah if christian bale had shaved his head down darker hair and like right. you know grew his beard in a little bit i thought this guy looks like christian bale kind of well you definitely uh you're matching basically all the uh the british tropes yeah and, and all that you know the the one thing is uh christian bale suffers from an affliction i know all too well of british teeth so uh you know you have that a little bit more this guy's more of a pretty boy good on him uh yeah, oh yeah. but you know and i think his performance in this is really good too so i can definitely see the guys who have a little bit more of a pedigree kind of being a step up in the ensemble but i thought overall the the main four even the fifth obviously the fifth is short-lived short yeah very short-lived uh, yeah. but and that's Paul Reed. You know the four that you had going in. Uh, Sam Troughton, I believe you probably should know too. I would, I, I peg you for a guy who would watch the Alien versus Predator movies. Uh, <laughs> I've seen the first one a couple times. Well, that's the one he's in. Okay, so. and the second one I saw once, and uh, and my friend actually told me because the first one wasn't very good. My friend said yeah. I saw AVP Requiem. Yeah, and we're both big Alien Predator fans, and he's yeah. like, he's like, it redeems the first one. You got to check it out. I went to like Walmart or Best Buy and yeah. spent fifteen dollars on the DVD. And the next time I saw him, I'm like, "You owe me fifteen. <laughs> you owe me fifteen dollars, dude." Because yeah. that was somehow worse than the first one. Yeah. Um. And I I don't remember. He's the Dom. Is that who he He's was? He's Dom. Yeah. Who, who did he play in Alien vs Predator? I don't remember Just his character. One of the name, general. Yeah. He kind of looks very alien similar. fodder. So saw, yeah. Okay. Kind of like a researcher guy. But yeah. So you know, it's a pretty good cast. I actually, I I think this movie is largely two separate movies okay. uh, the way I saw it because basically when they're together as a group I found that to be the most compelling stuff in the movie I thought their their dynamic the the relationship the guilt the the yeah. actual flushing out of characters was a little more appealing over time than what the payoff was w- with the ending but I definitely feel like 
they did a pretty good job in terms of bringing everybody together and kind of setting up the dynamic before they encounter the forest and obviously the the the, the weirdness in the, the forest yeah the weirdness in the forest the monster in the forest yeah. the the idol worship and uh the, the, yeah everything else to come with it <laughs> yeah. uh i i honestly felt like the script was pretty good and i felt like the idea of these four guys who have been friends for at least like let's say maybe you know primary school or whatever they call yeah. them there they seem like they've known each other for a long time they've been through something pretty hardcore I felt like these dudes knew each other. Yeah. You know, they played it very well. They they had little, you know, there was a couple of little dialogue bits where it was like obviously relatable inside stuff that, you know, yeah. you don't know as, as a story watcher, but they're supposed to. You yeah, know? which is how you kind of flush those things out. And in fact, I thought I could it could have used more of that. Yeah. Uh, only because the the big turn in this movie or the, the crux of kind of what makes the character of Luke survive in a way is his guilt. Like the the way the old witch woman uh, put it to him is that he has deeper pains. Right. So somehow he's been marked by the beast and kind of spared by the beast in this. Uh, that was the impression that I got. Yeah, no, me too. It, well, well, and I also I had the impression that, and I could be wrong, that the girl who kind of uh, talks to him. Yeah, that she. They was, list her as the host in the, okay. in the credits. Yeah, there was the host, the witch, the. The cobbler, the or lion, something. the like, witch, yeah. the wardrobe, yeah, the whole fucking thing. I kind of had a yeah. feeling that maybe she was the little girl in the picture that they saw um, mm, from the um, yeah. the Nor well, I think it was like the Norwegian hikers or whatever. Right, yeah, and I felt the same thing. Maybe she was marked because maybe her family got killed in front of her. Right. Again, this is me compounding stuff, but sure. I felt like you're supposed to kind of like get the idea. Yeah, he's been through a lot. He, all of him and his friends have been through a lot, but he's been through worse. Right. Because you know. Uh, the idea of the movie is in the beginning he goes into a a uh, a wine shop a beverage mart whatever you want to call right. it with one of the friends while the other three wait outside and they walk into the middle of a fucking robbery right and the thing i like about this movie is and, and i don't want to sound like a like a weakling or not a man but who knows how anybody would react in that situation it's a tough call it's a super tough call because you know you don't want to leave your friend out there to die but, you know, who's to say that if you jump out there, you're not going to die, too? Absolutely. You know, again, it, it's a super tough call. Yeah. And imagine if you were in that situation and no matter what you did, you didn't help and he dies in front of you anyway. Right. You're going to be racked with super, like, incredible guilt, you know? By the way, it's got to be a nice luxury. And I understand the, the significance of it but if my life is on the line versus whether i'm giving up my wedding ring the wedding ring's gone it's the wedding gone, ring's gone. Yeah. yeah i i i agree that i like when i watch that shout out to my wife very lovely <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I i love my wife too but yeah i think she'd understand yeah you know oh this guy was gonna bash my head in with a pipe and and yeah, either was, i'm here or the ring there was here. no question either because like you knew these guys were like drug addicts it wasn't like oh they, they weren't clearly. pros they didn't have masks on that's yeah. a sign <laughs> You you don't want to you know mess with these dudes. Give them your give them your. Uh, you've already seen they beat the woman. Yes. You know they're roughing up the the other person who runs the place. Yeah. Give him the ring. Yeah. And no, he doesn't. Absolutely. He doesn't. He adds. You know I hate to say it, but he adds to his own fate in that. Yeah. It's the decision. This whole movie is about the decisions you make and how to live it. And basically that that's the story. That's Luke's story. It's what he did in that moment. And there's kind of a. I don't know. The movie kind of poses it as the one thing that I wish they could have done was before they entered that situation, 
to really get a sense of what the the character dynamic is outside of just a conversation of where you're going on vacation. On vacation, because yeah. I uh, the way they they pose the characters is kind of like Luke is the guy who's without that. Maybe he's still kind of in that you know. Maybe he's in his 30s, but feels more like he's in his 20s, and he's single. And yeah, he's no, not, no attachments. He, right, no attachments. So if if the worst thing he wants is to have a, a more fun vacation and to hit up a liquor store, I I ain't hating on the guy. No, me neither. I, I'm 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 36, and and I'm still I'm still there. I have two kids. I still would rather go to fucking a. Visa or or some other I, nice tropical vacation and go for the typical white person stance of going <laughs> on a hike in the woods any day of the week. Yeah, I would rather go to Amsterdam, as he said. Oh, one hundred percent. Then go for a hike, even if it wasn't in the haunted magical woods of, of Sweden. You know right. what I mean? Like he chose he chose correctly. They chose poorly. You yeah. know, and and in the end, you know, it didn't work yeah. out well for any of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's literally the Holy Grail moment from Last Crusade. Yeah, <laughs> they chose yeah. poorly. They chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing I mean I mean beautiful vistas can't can't match the vistas of of those hills that they're camping in. But Lord knows, my I already have an anxiety level that living in a quiet neighborhood gives me anxiety yeah. from a person who grew up in a in a more uh a louder neighborhood that was next to a fire department like so i kind of crave that city noise right it, just to be even in a quiet suburb makes me itchy i can imagine being in those hills being like i'm get, i'm going the fuck home yeah i don't care where you guys are but obviously as shown by the injury to dom that they kind of are in the middle of nowhere and that they really have to make it to this one location as fast as possible if they want to avoid, you know, weather, if they want to avoid further injury, if they want to, you know, obviously, as you see, now avoid a giant Norse god. They made a lot of choices that I can't say I would make. Yeah. And a lot of choices that I believe they've never seen horror movies. Absolutely. Um, this is a trope straight up. It is. It is. As good as I think the movie is, It these characters are, are so... I guess, like, nonplussed by some of the shit that happens before yeah. shit gets real. Yeah. Right off the bat, when they're walking into the woods, there's, like, an old abandoned vehicle there. Yeah. That just seems weird to me. Yeah, I'd be like, nah. Yeah, I'm I don't good. know. We'll walk why is there... Why yeah. Is there yeah, let, let's walk around. <laughs> then they get in the woods, and they start seeing, you know, uh, like, uh, uh, sigils carved into the wood. Yeah. You know, and... and Almost they, uh, immediately. Um, immediately. They yeah. see there's a fucking, like, a, a moose or oh, a deer. Yeah. Uh, a deer, a stag, yeah. hung in the trees. Yeah, I'm done. Gutted, I'm and it's bleeding. Point. And like they said, it's a fresh kill. Yeah. That that was in the first 12 minutes of the movie. Yeah. That's where I'd go, turn around, go back out. Yeah. And, and who cares if this guy twists his knee? Yeah. Because that's a fucking, like, 800-pound animal. Yeah. Hanging out of a tree. Yeah. Uh, what justification do you have to go... That's not something no. abnormal. Uh, they have the justification of again. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to sound like I like this movie. That they're in a horror script. Yeah, and they have to. Yeah, but you know, all that is good and well until you get to the spooky house in the middle of the woods, and they choose to go in it. Yes. <laughs> now again, I hate rain like the next person. I, everybody does, and obviously Luke also felt like they were kind of being stalked in a way, or that there was a presence. So maybe there is kind of yeah. that. Uh, element pushing things along too but that's not what everybody else was doing and they do no. that classic thing of oh we're in here we shouldn't be thankful that we're trespassing and getting away with it let's 
burn shit and fuck shit up yeah and and, and truly desecrate the ground yeah. sort of kind of poke the bear or obviously in this case uh the, the loki the, uh, yeah, the, the, the loki. Jotun. yeah exactly yeah. yeah which so i just I'll, I'll put i'll put it right on the table i like this movie but a few things if you think about it could it could really use a few things and one of them is kind of I learned more about the, the the mythology and kind of what this was set up to be. I mean, like they say, it's like, okay, we're in Norway, Sweden, border. Border, right. So clearly it's like, oh, so it's obviously Norse mythology, you know, is kind of a weak excuse to kind of lay this out because, you know, like they said, they think it's some level of witchcraft. They're they're unfamiliar with it, even when they see the what could be best described as a, a statue, the, uh, the weird wicker, the yeah, yeah. The, the carving, <clears throat> the, the carving, however yeah. you would say, uh, of the deity, and and yet, you know, even when they get into the village later, uh, later they don't necessarily go a lot into the mythology or what's truly going on. Here. I'm actually okay with that. I was. Fine, but I think if they set up just smaller things or maybe had one guy who was aiming for this trip that was kind of not the know-it-all character, but had a little bit more of a perspective, someone with an intelligence level that could have just added some color as they were going through what they were going See, through. See, I thought the girl at the end, the host, I think she added that. When, because you think about a movie like this, they could have gone through the whole thing without ever knowing what it was. Right. I felt like her dialogue was very uh, expository yeah. in that way, where she's like, you know, it's I couldn't hear what she said, but something about Loki, like yes. the son of Loki, right. or you know, it's the Jotun, it's it's an old god. That was all there to let you know us know. Right. I like the fact that you go through this whole movie a without really knowing what's going on, and then b like you don't really see the creature very much. Right. But then when they decide to show it, they just show it, and I like that. I actually yeah. like that because I thought that the creature was a good blend of practical and uh, CGI effects. Yeah. It didn't look fake to me, and it was... I've never seen anything like that before. No, I definitely haven't seen anything like it. Though what I would say, I feel like this movie works well. My favorite thing, I think, of everything is the sound design and, and how they oh, made yeah. this. Because like you said, there's not a ton of new ground here, but what makes it compelling is that it sets the tone so well in the way it's shot and the way it sounds and the way you truly feel like you're being stalked you right. truly have that immersive feeling yeah i agree which horror movies need more than anything and in fact i i even like the nod of some of the cinematography that they were doing they were doing these you you saw them a lot in like 70s conspiracy movies and some 70s horror movies where they do this slow zoom into the forest kind of yeah. like with this long range to it that it, it literally would be these weird awkward con like itchy moments yeah the, it, it the was, way it to was, shoot it uh i agree i i noticed that quite a bit especially the second time yeah Is i it, felt it, like i was in some like either three days at the condor or, <laughs> or or i'm about to be you know murdered so yeah. it's 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 an interesting dynamic of how they shot it and how they blended older older feeling horror movie stuff with a modern take the one thing that I, where i was saying earlier where i felt like i was in two movies i felt like right up until you see the monster and you're in that village that's when the movie feels like a different movie 
it does, but it didn't. It, it, I didn't feel like it was any worse or better than the rest. I felt like it was. We get. We finally get through the woods, but this isn't over yet. Right. And now, okay. Now, even though they don't spell it out for you, here's the answer as to what's happening. Right. You know. And I know that the first time I saw it, you, again, witchcraft. What is happening here? Right. And now you get the idea. Okay, so it's not just this this deity or this monster. There's people working along with it. Yeah. Why are they working along with it? Why was he marked on the chest? I, I thought it all came together very well. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, I, I don't want to, you know, we're obviously spoiling stuff. One of the things I like most about this movie, and, you know, we still have to go back and talk about other stuff, is that one of my biggest problems with a lot of horror movies nowadays is the trope of the none of the victims can live. Mm. Like you, you go through and you get attached to these characters to an extent, and in the end, evil wins every fucking time, right. and everybody gets killed, and it's over. And you know, then there's the sequel, and you're just rooting. You know, people root for Leatherface to kill everybody. Right. They root for Jason to kill everybody, and uh, those kids are interchangeable. And, and who cares about that? Right. But there's always a survivor in those movies. Yes. It seems like in the last like ten, like you you mentioned again a spoiler for another movie, The Witch. Right. The Witch is a great movie. It man, it ends on a total downer. Yeah, it ends on a total downer. Yeah, you know, are are the person we follow again? If you haven't seen The Witch, sorry, but <laughs> the person that we follow and we want to see get out of the situation ends up the on a one eighty. She ends up in, <laughs> you know, what right? I mean? Absolutely, you know. Uh, and I felt like this movie is going to go the same way, um, where they're all going to get killed and it's going to end, and and this deity wins, or, right. or or if he doesn't get killed. You're gonna go to a shot of, of a month later, and he's worshiping it and yeah. living with them, and then yeah. they're, they're bringing more people in. Right? They he gets away. Right? You know, and and the implications of him getting away are even heavier because how do you what do you, you go home? What do you tell everybody? How do yeah. you live? So now he's lived for six months with the guilt of his one friend dying. Right. That was a, a very easy situation to to answer. Yeah. We were in a robbery. Yes. Now you come home, three friends less. Right. You have to live like with that. You are that. cursed. You're cursed. <laughs> yeah. And so you have to live with that. Now you have to go home. I felt like, you know, because it, it kind of, I don't want to say predicates, but it situates itself as a happy ending. You know, the... the it Yeoman, is not. It's not. It's happy because, I don't want to say happy, but you're happy for him because yeah, he someone gets survived. out. He survived. Right. But it's still like the book is shut on this guy. Well, here's the thing, too, and I don't know how you feel about this, so... My, my thing is, the movie kind of lays out, and even it's kind of a trope too, but I was into it. I wanted it for him, is that Luke's character, how it plays out is kind of a redemption story. It, it, in a way, they, they keep posing him to kind of, as things go along, be more of a leader and more of a person taking charge yeah. and more of a person taking a stand against this you know, monster or whatever is going on that's, you know, picking off his friends or trying to intimidate his friends. And, you know, he has to overcome his nightmares, his guilt, everything that's going on. He's the only one bleeding to start. And obviously there is something crazy going on. And but he's going to be the guy who is seemingly pit to solve it. So why at the end of this movie is he by himself? Wouldn't you rather have it be where he saves at least dom in that in that village yeah. and and takes on the beast and and doesn't have this kind of weak moment and again yeah. i'm speaking as this is the thing it's gonna sound like i'm i'm, I'm com complaining or ripping this thing at, at at turns this is the beauty of this movie i think there's so much good 
and so much of a, of a great tone and setting for this movie and the dynamics of the characters that there's so many things that I think they could have done better, but the movie still works. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess as I watched it this second time, I did think that, you know, killing Dom off at the end didn't add anything to, we already knew the sense of danger was, was death. Yes. We already saw two of his friends basically impaled on trees and ripped apart. So we know that they're going to die. Right. You know, maybe Dom's death. I, maybe there could have been a third guy in the pen, and right. that's the one they witness, and he still gets. I, I agree. I think the Dom thing might have, yeah, might have made it a little bit stronger, and it would have also gone a long way for when he gets home. You know, you have yeah, someone you have to someone kind else of to corroborate cra- his story, e- e- even if they think both of them are crazy. Yeah, you know, because really, what's he going to do? Drag police back there? I mean, right? You no. know, he burned the house down. He he. A lot of those people were killed, but yeah. in no way, shape, or form, he didn't get rid of the of the Jotun. He you know he heard it. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie. There's a couple that I really liked. I I love the idea that this thing gets its power from the woods, right? And can't come out of the woods because that yeah, the very last scene <laughs> where he he you know he hits it with the axe, it's hurt. He, it's still chasing him. He gets out of the woods and he's out of breath. He's like kind of laying there, standing there, and it's just standing at the edge of the woods yeah, and it roars at screen. him. Yeah. And you realize this thing can't come out of the woods. Yeah. I honestly love that. And then, you yeah. know, his, his reaction is to just scream back at it. Although, as far as gods go, that's got to hurt. It, well, there's there's got to be a pride level there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're basically. Uh, Knocked down to the level of a dog with an invisible fence. With invi- yeah, invisible <laughs> fence. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I did feel for the for the god uh, on that. Uh, I felt for the murderous pagan god. Yeah, you know, because yeah, he uh, he finally met his match, and he now did. now you gotta you gotta deal with that. Now he has the guilt of ah, oh, the one there's who the one away. who got away, the one who got away. <laughs> if I could name this podcast anything except the title, that's what I would call it: the one who got away. Maybe we should make a series of postcard memes for there the ritual go. that we can pass around. Luke on there, yeah, little little hearts and the yeah. one who got away. Yeah, it's all wish you were here. Wish stuff you were here. written from the god yeah. to Luke yeah. that he gets in the mail. He can't affect his dreams anymore. He can't get him, but he like he still can use a post office. Yeah, <laughs> I find that interesting too. That the the nightmares and the effect that he has is also has a radius. That all the powers are there. It's it's not just literally can't cross a line. We we kind of joked earlier that it's not witchcraft but it is magic yeah you know it's it's just norse medieval whatever magic and it's in those woods and right. that's one of my other favorite parts about this movie is is the fact that like one of my other favorite scenes is when they finally do get into that evil dead cabin right and you know they they hunker down for the night it's when they all kind of wake up and it has seeped into all of their heads right in some way shape or form i i, I thought that scene was really strong like he goes outside, kind of sleepwalks outside, has his whole hallucination about about the uh, the death of his friend again. Yeah, and then when he's outside, he hears the screaming, goes inside, and the Hutch character, who's like this alpha male, is like rolling around, pissing his pants. Yeah. Uh, Dom is over on the ground, like calling for his wife, right, screaming. And then the creepiest of all of them is when they go upstairs and find um, uh, what was that character's name? Uh, uh, Phil. Phil. Yeah. Naked. Yeah, worshiping at worshiping the altar. Worshiping at the altar, and yeah. he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. That, to me, that's scary shit. That, yeah. That's like... Well, and, and, and this is no offense to the movie, but I felt like I was more scared and riveted in the, the Liquor Mart 
with the I thought those meth addicts or whatever the hell yeah. they were, the robbers were intense. Yeah, well, that's very real. intense. I thought they scared the shit out of me more. I thought the implication of what was chasing them scared me more like my imagination right, right, right scared me more than the actual beast and then the the people in the village creep me out more than than the god did oh, as like well swedish so, hillbillies yeah. yeah yeah so you're basically uh, i thought and this is the thing sometimes this happens with horror movies where once you see the actual element of danger it takes a step back slightly it doesn't ruin the movie but sometimes your imagination is more dynamic than what something that yeah they come i get up that with. and this one especially it's a very odd beast you're talking super you know, antlers uh, a giant deer crossed with a human but not even in a centaur way yeah, like it's, it's a human torso but it's still kind of an animal there's head. no way to describe this animal this, no. this creature yeah and i couldn't draw it it's insane it's insane to describe it but somehow you know it does it does the job enough i like the fact that when it uh, towards the end when he saw it kind of kneel down and put its head down yeah that, that was the shape of the idol yes in the in yes. the in the yeah. attic of that evil dead cabin absolutely yeah but yeah i was still scared i was still scared by the the creature to an extent um i i do agree but that scene in the cabin where they're all because you know again you're right meth heads are are scarier than than um, especially these meth heads are scarier than mythical nordic nordic beasts because they're real you know i don't fear a jotun i fear i fear some dude you know that's why a lot of people will say like i don't i'm not afraid of nightmare on elm street but I'm afraid of the strangers because that shit can happen. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm kind of in that camp. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm in that. Freddy's camp. Freddy's funny to me. It's it, yeah. and again, the first Nightmare on Elm Street is a classic and it's scary. Yeah, but the strangers is scarier because at the end, you know, uh, why did you do this? Because you answered the door. You know, right. that kind of yeah. shit happens in real life every day. So the meth head thing. But for me, the scene in the cabin where they're all freaking out was very powerful to me because these are grown men and you know, like. It would take a lot to bring anybody to that level. Yes, that's a dream. You know, yeah. I mean that that you think is a dream that you're waking up pissing your pants. Yeah, I, I thought that was really heavy. And there was another scene that I thought later in the movie was really well done. Uh, very creepy was when Luke is kind of going ahead scouting, and it, again, it's one of those shots where they show the forest and you have the kind of like the the the, the score, the violin music, yeah. and it kind of pans in on one tree. And you you see a hand on it, yeah. And then the hand moves, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That really. No, that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. Those elements grabbed me. Yeah, pardon the pun, but like <laughs> those elements grabbed me so easily, and, and all the other elements, uh, the production design, everything worked so well to grip me into this movie that I felt like the uh, even though it was a unique monster and unique source of fear that I ultimately think it had the payoff that i was hoping for but even still i thought it was well then like you said a great uh mix i thought it was largely yeah. cgi uh but you know there I are felt like some, some of it practical, was practical. Stands. like like when when the scene where he had um at the doorway at the doorway and when he had dom when when he was projecting dom's wife yes. into his head when he's holding his face and that yeah. that the eyes that was all practical it looked yeah. like to me i i just you know i don't think in the end I would say that this was one of the scarier horror movies I've seen. Sure. It, th- there's elements, again, like that. It definitely has some jumps. Yeah. It definitely has a lot of, of things that hold you in some very scary moments. Yeah. I just think it was really... I thought it was really well done, and I thought 
for a movie with basically a cast of five. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was well acted. And um, yeah, it's just, it was Although one of those shout movies. out to the old witch because. She was good. And she, she took a pop right in the face too. It, okay. I, that was one of the questions <laughs> I had on here. On a scale of one to 10, how bad of a person am I that that was to me like my that movie went from good to great yeah. when he pops her. Yeah. In the well, face. you know what? I I think it worked on several levels. First of all, yeah. you you know the situation he's in. You want to see him get out of it. Yeah. And you know she comes in and she gives him water because he's like the chosen one. Right. And doesn't give anything to Dom. And she's chewing. She's yeah. chewing something the whole time. Yeah. And that's annoying when people chew oh, and make yeah. noises. So you're just like fuck this lady. Yeah. And and, and honestly, when he had the chance. What are you going to do? Right. Well, she's a woman. She's an old woman. I'm getting the fuck out of oh, here. Oh, yeah. It's survival you know? instinct. There, uh, yeah. he, he was better than me because I would have kicked her on the way down, too. <laughs> but I, I agree. It was, it was right. a great moment. I, yeah. I laughed when I saw it again yesterday and because I had forgotten about it. That whole escape was great. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. And especially to think he's not wearing shoes either. Yeah. As far as I remember, he's barefoot in the yeah. inside the cell. Yeah. And I, they didn't show him grab shoes from anybody. Yeah. Uh, he has to run through those woods and he's got to break his own thumb to get out. This yeah. guy's been, th- man, again, no happy ending because even no. though, you know, he gets the last laugh. Right. He's, he, what is he going to do? I know. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't ever want a sequel to this movie because it's, you know, this would be one of those movies I can see them making a sequel where it's a whole new group of people, and I don't care about that. Yeah, like he goes to add to the monument on that hill with with the one for Robert, or even then, if it's not him, even because yeah. I can never picture I can never picture I him see. willingly yeah, going back. True. No, that's true. There's a trillion dollars in a pile. Yeah, there, just go back. Fuck you. But the I can see it being maybe an, the kids of uh, the, yeah the guys who actually had family. I can see him doing it, but I would I would. If they did that, I wouldn't even really want to watch it, but I'd want to know what happened right. to, to to there's a there's a um deleted line I think that was supposed to be in Predator 2 mm. that I think was in the novelization of Predator 2 where they talk about um Dutch Schwarzenegger's yeah. character from yeah. Predator. And after all he saw, he ended up dying like a couple years later from radiation poisoning <laughs> because of the the nuke he sets right. off at the end. And I I like I know it's a weird correlation, but like no, I get you, it. You you kind of think there's no you know when you see him leaving the jungle in, in Predator, like staring out the helicopter door, you know that this dude can't go back to a normal yeah. life. And I feel the same way about I'm worse because I mean this guy is a fucking Navy Sealer. Yeah, he's a he's a special ops guy. Yeah, he's trained to see weird shit. Right. Luke's not. Well, it's know? it's kind of like I think you alluded to in a uh, or maybe said earlier in the podcast. You always have that kind of. Uh, what do they call them? Final girls. Oh, the final girl. Uh, obviously, yeah. in a yeah. slasher film or anything. And the one that always comes to mind because it's basically my favorite horror movie is Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Oh. Where she- Marilyn Burns at the end of the movie is literally psychotic. Oh yeah. In a truck, getting away. <laughs> that image is burned in my brain. But then, if you think about it. What kind of life is she living? Is she survived? But did she? She left so much of herself in that movie. She had to jump through like four windows oh my God. in the Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. There, I like a movie where it may end on a note where okay, the this person got through it. Right. But then I like the idea of like how how does Sally Hardesty or whatever her name is in the Chainsaw <laughs> yeah, Massacre? Yeah. How does she live her life? Not like, well. It, it, not well. <laughs> not well. I mean, you and, and it was. Like literally, like probably five hours of craziness, right? Fucks you forever. Yeah. Same thing with with Luke. Luke basically already was damaged because of of a of a choice or non choice he made. Yeah. And now he's got to go on. Yeah. Knowing that, and again, he didn't 
contribute to their deaths right. this time. It wasn't, or I don't want to say this time, but there was there was certainly no, you know, this was your fault. Yeah, he shouldn't have had the guilt. Of but it's still time. like how that, you know, because again, even if you go back and say, they all, how do you explain this to the authorities? Like, yeah. there's no way. Well, you've got to go to Sweden and find, you know, what do you do? Right. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, because what are you calling in the, the Swedish version of the National Guard <laughs> or whatever is to just burn the forest down yeah. and try to, to do something? I mean, actually, that would be an interesting sequel, if anything, is them to do the investigation on the area and then have kind of like a like an X-Files type movie where it's detective uh, looking into the mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could be done. That could be done. That could uh, be done. I think that's compelling enough, maybe, because obviously you're just dialing it up again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's an easy way to get them out there, I guess, especially if they're somehow related to the incident. But, you know, I, that could be interesting. The one nice thing, uh, we were talking about the practical effects of the monster. I thought the, the actual best effects to me was the nightmares that Luke was had, like the waking oh, nightmares. Oh, it was great. Or, or even how they integrated the the the, uh, the liquor mart into, into the, the, the forest. Yeah. I thought that was actually the coolest thing because I never would have thought to do that, like to actually make it part of it. It's usually like your your brain takes over and you're in it or you're out of it. Right. And, and this one to actually integrate it, I thought was actually quite inventive. So at the end of the day, I would say... How do you, what would your, your bottom, bottom line for the listeners, for anyone who's interested in this movie, I'm sorry that we spoiled it for you if you hung on this long, or uh, somebody who's seen it, who's trying to still wrap around, wrap their mind around it or what they can communicate to other people. How do you, how would you surmise this movie? Who would you recommend it to people who are into a certain type of genre or, or where does this compare how, how do you feel about it? Uh, I think if you're a fan of uh, psychological thrillers or a horror movie, again, it's not a slasher. You know, there's a there's a trillion different levels of horror movies. I would put this one in kind of the psychological thriller slash monster category. Yeah, sure. Because that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, I just think if you want to, you know, again, like I said before, hour 40 minutes. Yeah. So it, it's a it's, yeah, it whips well, through. I think if I could give this movie one really good credit is that, like you said, it whips through. There's no fat on this movie. No. It starts, the situation set up, um, the, the, the the situation of the friend dying. Yeah. Within like eight minutes, we're in the in the you know the the mountains of, of Sweden slash yeah. Norway. Yeah. And within probably fifteen, we're in the woods. Yeah. And so you go from there, and it is really A B C D. Yeah. It's what happens on these guys' uh, hike. And how it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Right. If you're not a fan of movies that kind of take too long to get there, yeah. Or you know, there's there's a whole bunch of kind of non stuff going on in between these events. What's good about it is what you said is in between everything, you get character building, you get character moments, yes. And it it really does kind of draw you to these guys. And when when the shit hits the fan, and they do start getting picked off. You're like, oh shit, Hutch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're like, damn, and and you feel yeah, you, you care at all. You you care, yeah. and you feel more for these characters. I think, you know, like like we talked about the Dom thing. Yeah. Like, I was really sad that he was going to die. He kind of came across in a lot of ways as as kind of like the bitch of the group. You yeah. know, like where yeah. where he he kind of like he was the one to go right to Luke after the shit started hit the fan and, and say like, you yeah. know, we all think this of you, and you know, and that was one of my favorite scenes actually, in and it, yeah, where they have it out. They have it out because that's yeah. you know that was important. Yeah, you know, uh, I I actually thought Luke's reaction was really good too because 
I've, I know I've done this in my life and I know every, I think you've done it in your life where he knows what they're thinking. Yes. And even though Dom is saying it out loud and he's saying like, you know, what are you trying to say? He knows what oh, he's trying he to say. He just wants him to say it. He just he wants has, him to say it. Yeah. He, he's kind of acting a little bit like, like, like what's going on here, but he's like maybe even relieved that someone's finally brought it up to him in one way, shape, or form. Right. You know, maybe he doesn't want to hear that they think that, you know, he caused the, the you know, like when he talks to, to Hutch and he says, you know, is this what you think? And, and Hutch kind of kind of doesn't say much, but like says, well, you know, yeah. we're not sure. Yeah. He, he's not getting the reassurance he wants that no. that people think, no, you're, you're cool. No, that's this. why he's constantly off by himself. Right. Smoking, smoking a cigarette, cigarette yeah. and just kind of being the outcast of the group. Yeah. And so this is now six months in the making of just feeling this guilt and and regret and and this dynamic with these people where you feel like you're cast aside and they let him have it and, and he returns in kind and it's probably one of the better better moments in the entire film yeah so i guess i guess i'd say that if you're a horror fan if you like uh kind of like the creature aspect if you like weird stuff yeah because there's a lot of weird stuff in this movie I would definitely recommend it, you know, and again, it might be one of those things that, you know, real horror fans that are hardcore, you know, ah, it wasn't my thing. It was mine. I enjoyed it. So, yeah. and again, I, I do want to reiterate, and it's not like defending it, is I haven't seen a lot of Netflix original movies. So yeah. my, my, my basis on that was, was this is the, for me, the best one I've seen. Right. Yeah. The, the interesting about this one uh, is that this is kind of like the old Netflix like it's interesting to see that the turn happens between this that came out in February in uh, 2018 and Apostle that came out in October of 2018. Apostle was actually a fully produced Netflix movie. This movie was actually an acquired product right. that came out previously in festival level uh, or small release and then was taken to Netflix later and slapped with the Oh, Netflix I didn't ruin your original. podcast, did I? Oh, I trust me, I did the research to be like, yeah, I think people collectively still cuz that's basically Am I the, the first old, one that's not like a Netflix produced movie? I believe so. Oh, I feel like yeah. a shitball. No, now. no, no, but that's fine because <laughs> uh, a lot of the movies we've done have been newer fare. So this one is uh besides Bright is the the probably the oldest one. Okay. Uh, that we've done so far and so that it's interesting to see the change uh of what they do now in terms of business practice i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the episode of the nomcast that has an asterisk next to it <laughs> forever yeah dude it does say at the you beginning the of the movie of i'm yeah yeah my <laughs> giant fucking head uh, it's always gonna it does at the beginning of the movie say a netflix original movie yes no it does so they they must have had to do something with that but yeah oh trust me i i i looked into it after you <laughs> say because i was looking at like uh wikipedia has like a listing of all the netflix originals and they actually separate it out between one that were fully oh. produced by them and 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 which ones were acquired products. If you have me on again, I will I will only pick <laughs> something that was made for cable or Netflix level. The look uh, on your face. You have the guilt of Luke I do. in the fucking liquor mug. I do. I <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, you want to go hiking in Sweden with me? Uh, I do, man. Yeah. Wow. And hopefully I, I come out on the, yeah. on the outer yeah. rim. They're going to put me against a tree. Uh, all right. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, man, this was a lot of fun. Uh, whether it was a produced movie or non-produced movie is irrelevant because you're a great guy. This was a whole heap of fun. Uh, John, uh, for anyone who uh, has listened, uh, a lot of you, if you're listening to this, probably know John already. Uh, and if you don't, 
Uh, he is the tremendous host of the Pina Comics podcast and everything that they do, whether it's their radio show or the actual podcast or things like your movie invitational series, yeah. which I am the voice <clears throat> the of. The official voice. Yeah, the official voice of that and was on uh, an episode uh, talking about Memento, Christopher Nolan's The first Memento. recorded episode. Yeah. Yep. So uh, go find that. And John, tell them uh, what's going on with you and where they can find all this great content that you guys do. All right. So go to www.pinacomics.com. Uh, you can check out articles we put up there. Uh, the podcast comes out weekly. Right now, we're still doing, this will be forever, basically, the Pint Movie Invitational, right. like Andrew said, uh, where we ask a person to come on, and they pick a movie, and we do an episode about that movie. We're also doing right now another movie-related, uh, I guess, series called Scary Larry's House of Universal Horrors. If you listen to the Nomcast, you heard Larry Dwyer from Connecticut Cult Classics and Horror News Network do an episode about Stephen King's 1922. Correct. Uh, we're friends with Larry, and... Christmas time, I bought an eight DVD pack of Blu-ray pack of the Universal Horror movies. That's awesome. And I had not really seen some of them. I had seen as a kid, but I'm right. not super familiar with them. So I thought, let's work this into a show. Let's do a show on each ep uh, episode on each movie. Right. And then I thought, let's have Larry on every one. Yeah. Because he's a Perfect. horror guy. Perfect. And he can kind of you know give his opinion on these things. So we already put out our Dracula episode, and in a couple weeks we're doing. Uh, the Mummy and Frankenstein. That's awesome, man. And other than that, we have a radio show on WESUFM.org, uh, 88.1 if you're in the Connecticut area on Sunday nights from 6.30 to 7.30. We talk to a whole bunch of really cool... Uh, the podcast is basically us just kind of talking, me and uh, Sir John, my co-host, uh, and uh, we just recently added Lloyd, the manster who's been a friend of ours, who's been on a million shows. He's now the third host that's basically kind of pop culture talk movies comics all that stuff right the radio show is pop culture talk but more based around having a guest on absolutely uh, we've had some really great guests on andrew's been on the show and, yeah it's a lot of fun and, uh, and it's it's always a lot of fun so check us out there as well and uh check us out on twitter at uh, pint of comics and instagram is pint underscore o underscore comics so much fun man you guys do a great job over there uh everybody please check them out uh, and thank you so much for being on, man. Dude, this has seriously. Been a blast. Uh, awesome. Uh, next time I will truly pick a an actual <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna be able to call this now. It's not it's not an original it's like the noon cast. I will <laughs> I will put the asterisk on this episode. I please it do. It, it'll better. actually make me feel better and uh, and hopefully you'll invite me back and I'll I'll pick something like uh, I don't know, Death Note or something that maybe was actually <laughs> produced for <laughs> for Netflix. All right, man. Thanks a lot. No problem, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>